This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 322. And the quote of the day is from Socrates, who said, The secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, and we gonna call this coffee talk because <laughs> I am I'm coffeeed up. Uh, it's it was the Drummers Resource Podcast. Now it's officially called Coffee Talk because it is early in the AM, and I'm a couple cups of uh, coffee deep. So we gonna get rocking, and we gonna get rolling. And if I'm talking really fast, uh, that is why. So anyway. Quickly, I want to let you know that there is a way for you to save some bread on some music equipment if you need it. Go to casiomusic.com. They've been in business for 70 years. They get you the right instrument at the right price, and these guys are absolute pros. Best of all, their gesture for you, the podcast listener, is 25% off any order over 149 bucks. That is no small gesture, and time is running out on that. So if you want to capitalize on it, head over to Casio casiomusic.com use the promo code pod25 if you're having any issues or anything give them a call they'll help you out the promo code is pod25 you'll save 25 percent on any order over 149 and that's casio music c-a-s-c-i-o music.com Second thing, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can do it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Cast, any any podcast player that you have on your phone. You can find Drummer's Resource on there. And what that does is automatically gets the newest episodes to your phone. You don't have to do anything. So just subscribe. It's obviously free. It's easy. Uh, depending on what device you're on, just go into your favorite podcast app and subscribe up so you don't miss any episodes because we're pumping out a lot of content now. So I don't want you to miss any of it. Uh, so let's get into this conversation. Conversation. This is with Klaus Hessler, and we talk about—I mean, we we talk about a bunch of different things and about development. We talk about diving in, staying focused, really digging into the things that you're learning, not just surface learning. And Klaus has, you know, a ton of a ton of knowledge, and I love his approach and the way that that he describes things, the way that he talks about learning, the, the way he talks about digging in and really getting deep on a topic. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Let's get into it with the one. Only Klaus Hessler. Klaus, what's happening? How are you? Yeah, life is good. So, <laughs> as usual, usually. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that you're doing this interview at midnight your time. Uh, we <laughs> we scheduled this up, and then you then you wrote me and said, "Is this really going to be at midnight my time?" And I said, "Yeah, we could change." You said, "No, I'll put my big boy pants on and I'll and I'll make it happen." So. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like for a musician, it shouldn't be that that awkward time, right? So, yeah, it's, it's one it's, thing when you're playing at midnight. It's another yeah. thing when you're when you're sitting around <laughs> doing an interview. <laughs> Absolutely. So, there's so much that I want to talk to you about, and I want to let's just build a little bit of context. Um, so I know. So you were born. Where exactly were you born? Well, in uh, in pretty much southern part of Germany, Frankfurt area. Okay. Okay. Broadly speaking, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about you growing up. You're growing up in in Frankfurt, you're or in the Frankfurt area, I should say. Um, and when did you get into playing, and how much of the the culture of where you lived sort of played into to uh, your drumming? 
Well, um, I, I started being involved with, uh, with music and, and drumming at a very early age, I should say. So um, I, I started playing drums somewhere between four and five, not sure exactly when it was, but say four or something. And um, it, uh, it appeared that, um, that there was a set of drums uh, back at my parents' house. And uh, the whole family was was not really a, a family of professional musicians, but my father was playing in the local brass band, and both of my grandfathers had done so, and my brother was playing in, the, in that local brass band too. So, uh, so th there was always music in and around the house, and uh, um, yeah, I, I pretty much picked it up at a at a very early age, and um, so like one thing came to another, and uh, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So at that age, are you, are you studying or are you, were you just sort of, you know, kicking it around, sort of learning all this stuff on, on your own or watching your, you know, watching your family members play? I'm always, uh, well, it, and the reason yeah. why I ask, I'm always interested in the path of, of learning and yeah. whether, you know, a lot of people go either the super strict going through school route or some people say, Hey, I never had a drum lesson in my life. And, you know, and I just <laughs> sort of learned all this on my own. Yeah, I mean, b between between age of four and ten, I did not really have a formal teacher. There were, uh, there, as I said, there, there there was a set of drums uh, uh, back at the at my parents' house, but uh, nobody ever pushed me to uh, to play the drums or to practice or to do whatever. It, it was mostly my own intention to do that. So whenever mm -hmm. I would go down in the, in the in the basement to to get something to drink, whatever, I I had to to go by the drums. And uh, I stopped by and uh, played a little and uh, got back out again or or not. <laughs> and right. just stayed with the drums for for as, as, as long as I wanted to. So that that was pretty much it. And um, I did not really have a formal teacher until the age of 10. And uh, it, it, it really was my brother who almost, uh, well, not really forced me, but but kind of kind of like pushed me to uh, to see a, a local drum teacher. And uh, and uh, my major reason my major reason why I w did not want to take lessons was that I was afraid of uh, having to read music. <laughs> oh. So, uh, <laughs> but at at a certain point, uh, th there was a there was a certain pressure on me because everybody was telling me something. You oh no, boy, you 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 don't know anything. You got to do it like this. No, you got to do it like that. And and at a, at a certain point, there was so much information and and most of it was not good information because none of the people who would tell me what to do really were drummers so i had to so i said boy i, I gotta get rid of that chaos and and i gotta see somebody who knows something about the drums so that really made me take my first lesson so you knew at the time yeah. you were getting bad information <laughs> I figured because uh, um, it it was like everybody was was telling you something different, right? And uh, and uh, and and boy, th th this one person is telling you A, and the next person is telling you B, and the next person is telling you C, and how can they all be right? There, <laughs> Someone's got to be wrong. wrong. <laughs> so, okay, and uh, and I I just needed to get rid of all that. Right. <laughs> so. That's a that's a wise way of thinking when you're ten years old, though. <laughs> you know <laughs> to be able to have the 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 intuition to say wait a minute something's yeah. something's not right here you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it, that that just was it <laughs> sure so did you yeah. you know at, at that age are you thinking 
you're just you're gonna do this as sort of as a hobby or was there was there a switch that went off at some point that you said you know this is this is really the path that i'm that i'm gonna go down because i think it you know at some point you have to you have to make the decision to master the instrument, right? You can play and you can fool around for a little while, but what you've done and the way that you approach the drums and you're playing, I mean, you've mastered the instrument. So I'm guessing there was a decision that was made at some point in your life. At some point, definitely, but uh, but it was not at that early stage uh, when I when I came when, when I came up with that say decision, uh, because for uh, let, let me say it, it wasn't until the age of at least. 18 or 19 when, when I figured, boy, playing the drums for, for a, a, as, as your profession could be something for me because I was always guessing I'm not good enough. I, I, I cannot do this. There, there must be so much, there's so much more talent out there and there's so many people who really know how to play the drums. So, so how can this be for me? I, I was always guessing I'm not good enough for it. So, so how did you get over that? That's an interesting thing because I we we talk about that frequently on the podcast about this sort of this imposter syndrome or this self-doubt that that we go through as artists and creatives and thinking that we're not good enough and thinking that everyone else is better than us and we can never get to that point. Well, I, I, most of all I think it's important to to connect and network with other people and uh, I'm I'm not saying to be in a competition with other people and uh, and not this and I'm so I'm I'm not coming from a point of view where I'm saying I want to be better than you or I'm I'm the best of all or whatever because I I didn't feel like that at all mm-hmm. but uh, going out and seeing other people play and then reflecting all that and uh, going back home to your practicing studio and saying boy can i do that oh i i kind of i I think i can do it and 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 then then you are adjusting things and and you're you're leveling and, and balancing out certain things what other guys can play and what you can play so at a certain point you come up with the idea i there might be some room for me in in that business there might be a little spot where where there's a, a space for me in the music business but that was uh that was a, a, a long and and, uh, and rocky way i, I should say yeah, yeah. Well, and so i'm guessing you're looking at it as sort of like a personal competition against the other people right and not in a negative way but using them yeah. as sort of amused to push you and say hey you know oh let me go watch these guys play who are better than me or who can do these things that i can't do and i'm going to use that as motivation rather than allowing you know making me crawl back into my hole and and not want to see the light yeah right yeah very true and uh, and especially if if you start playing drums at, at at that very early age you usually always play together with people who are older than you and that was always the case until i was say at least in in my early 20s i always played with people who were much older than me and uh and uh, and that changed a lot in the in the game because at a certain point i i i, I was thinking to myself boy uh it the, the way i the, the way how i do it, it it can't be that bad because uh, i'm i'm constantly looking into new connections and, and there's older people who want to play with me and and more uh say mature players and and people who really know more about music and uh, and still they are uh calling me and, and and asking me to play for them so so there must be something that i'm doing pretty good so so all of that gives you some sort of feedback which tells you that what you do cannot be that bad you know <laughs> right 
<laughs> I'm doing something right here. Maybe not a lot of things, but I'm doing something right. Yeah. That's what I. That's the way I feel anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. with the um, with the idea of not to belabor this point, but the idea of you know not being good enough and this and that. So what I'm hearing is that you you're a skilled player and you're and it's more it's I don't want to say more scout than more talent than or more skill than talent. But for me, I don't necessarily believe in talent, quote unquote. I believe that you have a little mm. bit of ability and you have to you have to develop that skill over, you know, over years and years and years. Right. Mm. Um, do you I'm, I'm guessing from what I'm hearing that that you're the type of same person that you think, OK, you're only so good, but then you have to go and you actually have to shed and you have to sort of master this instrument to really get to the next level. Very much, I I, th I think, yeah. So, so talent pretty much is is something that, that's that's the that's the first money that you have in your pocket. But you got to do something about that to uh, uh, to to be a better player. It's it's not just about talent. Talent is only is only the starting point, uh, and uh, it's it's pretty much um, um, say things like um, discipline and uh, and thinking straight forward and staying on course and uh and, uh, and 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 all of and all of that 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 makes you finally uh, uh, that that finally makes you a better player it's not just talent talent is is a is a great thing if you have it but it's i always felt it's more about the discipline and the and the love and the and the the, the passion that you bring to the table which makes you uh, go the distance mm -hmm. and that translates into any part of your life, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. What are some of let's let's talk more broadly and not specifically about drumming? But are there? Do you have certain disciplines that you do frequently outside of practicing? And I had a conversation today about you know staying motivated and staying consistent, and I think those are two main things that a lot of people struggle with, whether it be with drumming or you know going to the gym or being healthy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so do you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on developing that motivation and, and keeping that motivation and keeping that consistency in your, in your everyday life. Well, it's from, from me, I mean, broadly speaking, it, it's, it's a lot about, uh, curiosity. Um, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I, I just love to know things. So, uh, so if, if I, if I read something in a magazine or in a book, which, which, which attracts me in, in a, in a certain way, uh, I want to know more about it. And, uh, and it's not just reading that one thing and, uh, and then putting it to the side. If, if I really get into something, so I, I love history and, and, and I, and I love reading. So, so anything with, which uh which has that component of history and language and so, so these are topics that, that i'm really into and um i just uh, i just like to to know a lot of things say that that have to do with history say for instance mm -hmm. and and that that also has a lot to do with discipline because it's not just it's it's not something that that comes to you 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 have to work for it and right. uh um and and then once you work to to get all this information down and 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 to absorb it and and to have it stick to your mind, this is this is what I in, enjoy really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So whether it doesn't matter if it's drumming or anything else for you, it's just, it's it's the the 
attainment of knowledge that going deeper, not just sort of surface learning, but really getting yeah. inside it and really. Yeah. 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 I, you, I love that. Have you thought about doing something in history or, or trying to get it to somehow weave its way into your, to your teaching or do you do that now? Well, in, in, in certain ways, yes. Uh, I mean, of, of course you, we, we always seem, seem to fall back in, into the, into the drumming topic again, right. but, uh, but, um, Say the last book that I wrote, which was called Camp Duty Update, uh, was uh, uh, for, for the first time a, a book th that uh, that was less about. I mean, it, it's still about music, but but there's a lot of history in that book because it goes back to the to the rich history and the European roots of, of rudiments. And for that, I had to do a lot of research um, in uh, um, in Swiss archives and, fr and, and, and and French archives going back to the 1400s and all of that. Oh wow! So so it, it was a great thing to combine the 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 rich history of drumming and uh, and my love for history. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a that was a great combination and a, and a, and a pretty unique project for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm finding you know through these interviews and just just the overall sort of climate of what's going on in this in this world it seems that there are a lot of for lack of better words like polymaths so guy you know just people who are just into a bunch of a bunch of different things and i think i fall into that category where i love so many different things um mm. do you ever find it are you into a lot of different things or just you know sort of mm. drumming and history are like the main because for me it's it's hard to focus on a bunch of things and i realized i tried but i realized that i can't um so I wonder, I'm curious to know if you have <laughs> yeah. all these other things that you're interested in as well. No, and you're like, how am I going to juggle all these? <laughs> no, same here. It, it's, it's actually very few things that, that, that I'm really into. So it's, it's drumming with, with all the different, uh, with, with all the great variety that it brings and, uh, and that history language thing that I'm interested in. But other than that, and, uh, I mean, being around the house with my family and we just built a new house. So there's still lots of work to do and all of that and the traveling. So there, there's not really in, there's not really a lot of uh, time and, and, and space for more things mm -hmm. except, except yeah, family. So, so family and, uh, uh, and my, my wife and kids and all of that, th that's very important to me. And, and that's, that brings a, a, a totally different quality to my life still. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, but there's not a lot of other things that I'm doing like oh I'm riding the bike and I'm going to the gym and there I'm doing swimming and I'm running marathon and all of that so right. <laughs> so it's, it's it's none of that at all it's so it's it's actually pretty one dimensional as, as as you might possibly say right but uh, yeah. that's and that's you know to me that that makes sense I think it's it's you can't be you can't do everything you know you can't no you can't say yeah. he who he who is everywhere is nowhere so you can't yeah you know you can't be doing a hundred things uh all yeah, at the same yeah. time i've i've tried i mean i tried <laughs> i tried to do it it just doesn't uh -huh. it doesn't work very well <laughs> um i want i want to talk okay. about your your teaching philosophy a bit because mm -hmm. the one thing that stuck out to me with you and and even you know on your website says that the music meets technique and mm -hmm. A lot of times I feel like guys are really musical or they're really, you know, they're really technical and mm. there's not a lot, not that I, I don't want to generalize and say that there's not a lot of overlay, but there, mm. there is a lot of times uh, where it's one or the other. 
Um, mm-hmm. So talk to me about yeah. that, about how developing developing the things behind the kit and then actually using those things to translate into music. Yeah. The way how I look at uh, how I look at drumming uh, and, and I should even say the way how I look at music, um, but 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 let's let's replace music by drumming and, and, and let's say it's it, it would be the same. OK, right. So so imagine uh, we as drummers, it's it's not that much th- that we do. Actually, we, we play we play rhythms, we organize dynamics, we have a certain choice of the sounds we want to use. And uh, and we combine all that in the in the context of time, like a, a steady pulse. So that that's actually the, the the four things we do. And if we're able to combine those in a in a in a reasonable way, uh, we are already kings, right? Aren't mm-hmm. we? Because there, there there's not much more that, that that we do actually. Right. There's only one thing more which uh, which is which, which kind of soars on on top of all that, which is some sort of musical imagination that we should have in our minds to, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, once we have that imagination and we make our choice of sounds, we, we take care about dynamics, we play different rhythms, we combine that in the context of time. And then we finally have, we, we have some, some, some outcome. We have some, some audible kind of noise, some pattern, some rhythm. We have something that we play on the instrument. And, uh, and once, uh, and, 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 and once this, uh, uh, this thing that, that comes out of our instrument and our musical imagination is sort of the same, still we are king. So it's, uh, it, it's actually that, that easy as, as, an, as a little equation, let's say, uh, how I look at music. And the, the funny thing is that uh, technique and coordination and, and all these things uh, that, that we are attracted by as, as drummers uh, – Technique and coordination in the first place don't have anything to do with music. They are just means to an end. They help us to create music because because if we do not have any sort of technique, we might be in trouble. And if we don't have any sort of good coordination, we might also be in trouble. But uh, still, the funny thing is, if uh, let's say there 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 are always you, you always find guys with a strong musical imagination and possibly with the worst technique in the world but still they say beautiful things on their instrument mm-hmm. and i'm i'm sure you you have seen that as well sure. right sure and uh, and on the same hand you have people with beautiful technique and amazing independence but they don't say anything on the instrument or they 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 might not say anything that relates to you Let, let's put it this way mm-hmm. so uh, so understanding all these different components in in that in that little equation that I just brought up, uh, and g- giving all these different terms their correct spot in your in your little map of the musical world, that is very important for you as a as an artist, and that's also very important for you as a as a teacher because once you as the teacher, if if you don't have a, a clear vision of how important or not important a certain topic is in a in a in a certain musical setting. How will you transform that, or how will you, how will you uh, say give proper information to your student? We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, and we'll be back with more from Klaus Hessler. 
you know, you may sit at the back of the stage, but the band revolves around you. You set the tempo, the intensity, and most importantly, the tone. Trusted by industry-leading drummers like Chris Coleman and Anika Niles, Evan's drum heads offer the most consistent fit for every drum and max tunability all around. Thanks to Level 360 technology, Evan's drum heads fit perfectly across the shell and allow for increased tension to help you find that sweet spot. Plus, They take you way beyond the normal tuning range for higher highs and lower lows. So now the sound you want is the sound you get. Check out Evan's Drumheads with Level 360 technology at Diodario.com. Whether you're recording in the studio for your band, for YouTube, or you're playing live, you need a quick and easy solution to get great drum sounds. And the best way to do that is the Sabian Sound Kit. The Sabian Sound Kit is three mics and a mixer. You have two overheads, a kick mic, and a mixer that's pre-EQ'd to get great drum sounds. You plug the mics into the mixer and you run the out into your recording board or you run it to the house sound when you're playing live. It's a very simple solution to get great drum sounds easily and effectively. Don't take my word for it, though. Here's some raw tracks that we recorded with this sound kit running right into a recording device, and I'll let you hear how great these things actually sound. To learn more, go to sabiansoundkit.com. Now let's get back into it with Klaus. tough question but if you if if you're learning you know whatever it is let's just say something s- simple let's say a paradiddle right mm-hmm. so and then you're whatever you learn it on a pad and then you go and you sit down behind the kit and you start playing it behind the kit and you say okay now i can play these paradiddles as fast as i want to and mm-hmm. now i need to make music so i'm going to play this groove and then i'm just going to put my paradiddles into this Uh you know Uh into this groove which is going to sound like a groove with some paradiddles put into it um so this is a long way of me asking how do you how do you work the things into your playing to make them musical and not just sound like you just cut a paradiddle out of something and put it into this other thing yeah i'm first of all i i think it's very important to to understand tempo and speed not as uh, the, the the ultimate uh, say the, the the ultimate measure to uh, to transport musical expression because th- that in itself does not express anything. I mean, would you ask a painter how long it took him to paint a certain picture? No, no nobody nobody does that, right? So so it it really doesn't matter too much if you're able to play your paradiddle at. 160 BPM or 180 or 175, that doesn't make you necessarily a better musician. So what I always feel is, is much more important uh, than speed is, for instance, the, uh, the ability of being able to place your paradiddle, say, if, if we want to stick with that example, if, if you're able to, to place your paradiddle in different parts of the measure, can you start your paradiddle on any of any of the positions like not only on the one but also on the three e and started from there Mm -hmm. or are you are you able to play your paradiddle in a in triplet rhythm are you able to play paradiddles with different dynamic with with dynamics in 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 different places 
are you able to start your paralytical also with your left hand and not just with your right hand? These are things that make much more sense in terms of how do I use my paralytical in a in a in a in the most musical way and because it it just says so much more. And if if you're then finally able to play it at a certain speed, boy, that's great. Then you're the king. But <laughs> but only only sheer speed alone will not create music so so that that's something which i guess is very important to understand sure sure so um trying to i guess create these mu musical contexts you know fitting fitting the thing into the musical context versus the other way around versus like you have this musical context and you're just trying to you know get this thing in there you it needs to it needs to fit with with what you're what you're saying or what you're I mean that, that's absolutely that that's one thing and I at, at, at a certain point I always feel uh, sometimes you you run into students who who have a, a, a gift for something like a, say musical intelligence uh, because you you so at times you run into guys uh, that understand the techniques and the and the patterns and the stickings but uh, they also listen to the music and and they have some sort of special inner sense of uh, boy am i using the paradiddle now or or do i stay away from it mm -hmm. while others just use it no matter if it if if it fits the, the the musical situation or not they just bring it in because they can play it but uh, but there there's something which i like to call musical intelligence which makes a difference and it's not something that you can uh, that that you can really explain in a in a scientific way. It's 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 something. It's a mixture between musical taste and uh, and personal approach and uh, and sensitivity and all of that, which makes people come up with uh, with certain decisions on what to do or what not to do. You know what I'm saying? I 100% understand what you're saying. So the 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 one thing that really stuck out that you you hit the nail on the head was that people uh put it in there just because they can play it. And yeah. it has no it has no place in whatever, you know, the musical context, but they just put it in there because they can play it. Um yeah. so this music intelligence, I mean, do you think can you develop that or do you think that's just something you're either naturally born with or not? Well, I, I, I think I think there's it, it's again a, a mixture of uh, say talent or a, a, a given gift that you have, but you can also I'm, I'm sure you can also um, um, push that to or you you can you can learn it to a certain degree, and uh, my own same or my my personal way of of, of trying to. Uh, to further develop that uh, that thing is just by simply by listening to any sort of music, especially not uh, not music that 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 heavily focuses on drums, mm -hmm. but uh, learning how do other artists, how do other players of, of other instruments, how do they create musical expression? What are their uh, what are their say parameters and what are the things that they are doing to create something and uh, and how could that possibly translate to the drums and in and in that sense i think it's it's much more um helpful really to look at 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 artists who don't play the drums and then trying to to uh, to relate and and translate that to your instrument 
which then is the drums. But uh, listening to different styles, to, to different corners of the world and, and the, the corners of the musical world and, and seeing what's happening there, uh, that is something that helps a lot in, in, uh, in that respect of acquiring that, say, musical intelligence or trying to push it to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. The one thing that, that uh, I was thinking while you were saying that was whether it be an artist who doesn't play the drums or a record that's not focused on the drums, like you said, the funny thing is, like if you take a guy like Steve Gadd, you know, yeah. he, every drummer looks at him and, you know, we think he's a God, but the funny mm -hmm. thing is if you listen to all the records he's played on 99% of those records aren't quote unquote, you know, drumming records. They're not heavy drumming yeah. records by any means. And yeah. he's in there doing his job, playing his part, playing musically, making all these amazing choices, music, you know, all these amazing musical choices. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and but we as drummers see that and we're like, oh man, he's yeah. you know he's the greatest and he's not playing a million miles an hour and you know playing all this stuff you know. Yeah, very true. But but the, the the reason why we are so attracted by by guys like like Steve, for instance, is that uh, um, a, a lot of a, a lot of uh, um, say I can, for last last year I met Steve at a at a drum camp where we were both teaching in in, in Croatia and uh, and I had met Steve uh, two or three times backstage Paul Simon and and at a couple of other events and and he recognized me and after his clinic he he came to me saying Klaus how did I sound do you you think was that okay did you like it <laughs> I said Steve, you're a fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it's 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 just that that humble uh, personality that that makes Steve so special, and 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 his sensitive and uh, and and kind and uh, behavior really, and, and that's also the way how he treats music and how he treats other people, and uh, he he respects the music, he respects the people, and and he's very careful with that, mm -hmm. and that also influences his musical decisions as a drummer, yeah. which is why he plays the way he plays. No agenda. Like he has no agenda when he plays, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean that in a good way. I mean, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have, well, he has an agenda to serve the music, but no, you know, no personal agenda. He's not trying to yes. show off or, you know, no, ego, no ego whatsoever. No. Yeah. He, and you know, he's Steve Gaddy has nothing to prove. So, yeah. <laughs> but he played like that when he, even when he did have something to prove, he played that way. You know, yeah, which uh, yeah. which I think yeah. is amazing. I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about about the open hand technique, which is because mm -hmm. I when I first started playing drums, I actually played open handed. Only reason I did was because I had this Carter Beaufort uh, DVD, the drummer from Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> yeah. Watched it under the table and drumming. I watched it until or it was a VHS. I watched it till the tape ran until the tape broke, <laughs> and I got another one, and I broke that tape too. Um, so, and I said, well, you have to, you have to play open-handed and it's, it, it was freeing. Like, you know, you have all this, you have all this room now because your, your arms aren't crossed over, but then I ended up switching back. I regret that now. But, um, so what, what was your reasoning for, for playing open-handed? Did it, was it a natural thing? Did you develop that over time? Um, and what do you think are some of the advantages and or disadvantages of playing that way? Well, with myself, it, uh, so w w way back at, at age of four, when I started playing the drums, uh, I, I didn't know anything about the drums. Uh, so I didn't, as I mentioned, I didn't have a teacher and there was nobody in, in my, uh, in, in, in the house who would 
be able to show me how the drums are played. So I sat down and played open-handed. And I'm very sure that actually any kid who doesn't know anything about the drums would just do the same. This sure. is at least what, what, what I see. And, and it, you, you just mentioned it happened to you also. So I think that that's very natural. It's, it's some sort of kid logic not to cross hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the same with me. So uh, then later at, say, around age of 10, when I had my first formal teacher, he would tell me, uh, boy, that, that's not the way to play. You got to cross your hands. So, uh, so when I was, when I was driving home with my bike and going back to, to the, to the basement to, to, to check out what, what, what he was trying to teach me, I couldn't remember if, if the right hand was, was over the left hand or if the left hand was over the right hand. <laughs> it, I, 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 yeah, I, I was having trouble with it, but sure. I, 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 eventually I picked it up and for quite some time I played with hands crossed and, uh, uh, cutting the long story short, I switched back to uh, completely to open-handed um, in, uh, in in the early '90s, and uh, it it was definitely uh, by 19 let me see 1994 when uh, when I when I had a uh, when I really ran into into uh, Dom Fambularo who pushed it even more, and also Chapin was pushing that because they they were both like big fans of of playing open-handed. And they they really made me switch, and uh, and I just thought, boy, if 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 these guys are saying that, I just do it. Yeah. So I it it makes sense, <laughs> you know. It makes sense yeah. to play open handed. It makes sense to play German grip too, you know, versus versus traditional. I mean, especially if if you're if if you're deciding to play open handed, traditional grip does not make a lot of sense. Well, of course, right. So right. so so I'm so I'm I'm not saying traditional grip is is bad and matched is good, and I'm not saying open is good and and cross handed is uh, is bad. I'm 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 not from from that party that 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 is starting to 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 put up all these controversy stuff around right it's, right it's it's a matter of your personal choice and for an instrument like the drums where you need two hands and two feet it makes a lot of sense not to cross any of your limbs that's mm-hmm. pretty much pretty much it and that's what i was saying even just from a logical standpoint not yeah. necessarily from an opinion standpoint it's like okay holding yeah. the sticks like that you know it's holding it traditional doesn't make much sense unless you're marching which is why it was invented and then you know yeah, yeah not crossing your hands it's like every time you have to go do something you have to uncross your hands first it's yeah, like oh absolutely. hold on let me go do this thing first before i do the thing that i was going to do yeah, yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and there's the advantages of you know you have you you can i'm i'm guessing you know you can move around the kit easier there's no impedance there's no you know you don't have to get things out of the way I mean that that's one thing. It it helps. I would also say it, it helps to uh, it helps in the process of creating your personal sound mm-hmm. because you're able. I mean, simply for the fact that you're able to do things which you cannot do in the cross-handed position. So that really did something to me in regarding the way I sounded as a drummer. Yeah. And uh, and I think most open-handed drummers have some sort of uh, uh, say some sort of personal sound id card i, I would say mm. i mean of, of course you you also have cross-handed drummers who who sound very specific and that you would also recognize by listening to them but i would say uh with open-handed playing it's 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 maybe even easier to create that that personal sound the other thing is that your position behind the drums may even be healthier 
in, in, in terms of posture and uh, what's happening to your shoulders. So, mm -hmm. so cross-handed players usually bring, bring the, the, the right shoulder forward and, and, and they're twisting the, their upper body to a certain degree. Uh, so you have to, to find some sort of uh, arrangement, to, not to click your sticks when you're crossing your hands or how do you do all that. So really sitting behind the, the kid in the, in the open-handed mode, let's say, um, brings just more balance to, uh, um, to, 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 the, to the way how you sit behind the drums. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. And I also learned that uh, reconfigurating certain things from cross-handed playing to open-handed playing also made me look twice on certain things that I had been playing forever in, in the, in the cross-handed position. And, uh, and uh, it, it, it's almost like reading a good book twice. Um, and, uh, and you, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of the Lord of the Rings and, uh, and I always wished I could read that book once again, as if it was the first time. Right. Right. Do you know that? Yeah. 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 And, uh, and uh, and with uh, with uh, looking back at at drumming and uh, and the way how you played cross-handed and then reconfigurating your whole system to open-handed playing and then already knowing something but you you, you know you you're, you're looking at old stuff from a, from a totally different perspective and that makes you discover your instrument from a completely different point of view which was also a, a, a very uh, important topic in the in the writing of the two books on open-handed playing that I that I put out with uh, with Dom in cooperation. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, th these are a couple of the things. I mean, you, of course, you could you could expand that like for for hours and hours. But uh, but in a, in a nutshell, these would be some of the advantages that I just mentioned. I've always been an advocate for one, you know, open-handed. Two, taking your whole entire kit, setting it up left-handed, playing it, you know, playing it left-handed regular, or playing it open-handed mm -hmm. left-handed, and you yeah. know, all of these different configurations. Like you said, it's like you're relearning a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. An interesting thing. One, I had uh, Homer Steinweiss. I don't know. Are you, are you familiar with Homer? Mm, not really. No. No. Okay. He's a he's a okay. American drummer. Um, and he, something happened with his, with his right foot. So he started close, he started closing the hi-hat and uh -huh. started playing bass with his left foot. Okay. He had like uh -huh. a slave pedal and uh -huh. Uh -huh. turned off the hi-hat and like doesn't open the hi-hat now when he plays uh -huh. at all, which is yeah, kind of crazy. Okay. Um, uh -huh. but he said that, that you actually find out that your left hand or your left foot actually, it's not that hard to play bass drum with your with your left foot um like you learn totally. it a lot what's that yeah i'm totally with you yeah i hear you so like and you know convert he said the problem is with everyone's hands not necessarily with their feet which is a weird thing to to think about because i feel like our hands are more astute and can figure things out faster than our feet but for some reason i don't know like our our left foot maybe you know i don't know our left foot learns faster than our hands or something. i don't know <laughs> well, but 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 that's something that, that that I run into quite frequently. I mean, uh, I mean, being right-handed does not necessarily say that you're right-footed. That, that's a, a, a very important thing to to keep in mind. Oh, that's so, interesting. So, uh, I mean, it it would just be the same, uh, like like that that ear that that you prefer when you when when you make a phone call is that the same side of your body that that uh, where where you prefer you prefer your hand? I mean, that's not it. So. So vision and uh, and hearing and uh, 
And being right-handed does not say you're right-footed. And being left, just as being left-handed does not say you're left-footed. Wow. I, ju- I just had like a, a, an epiphany. Like I hold my phone with my left hand to my left ear and I put the earbud in my left ear when I talk. And I'm right-handed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so b- being left or right-handed, that, that's, that's not something black versus white. It's, it's something with, with a lot of different zones of, 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 of gray shadings in, in between uh, and with a lot of, 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 of room for personality. So it, it, it's, 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 not, it's not a black and white thing. It's, uh, it's definitely a very individual thing. And, uh, and the drums are, are, so, are, are just a, a great playground for that because we have all this, uh, this room for creativity to, um, to prepare the instrument in, in our in, in a very personal way so uh, so how we set this thing up is is a very individual thing and uh, and we can pretty much decide how we want to do it if if we if you ask a piano player oh let let me rip out the the f because uh, i i'd like to have it right beside the c because that's much more comfortable uh you know it ain't gonna work the, the <laughs> piano is the it's just the way it is but the, with the drums you can set this this freaking thing up in any desired way but uh, I, I'm, I'm always surprised how few people are really taking serious advantage of that. And, uh, and it, it, it wasn't always like that, I feel. Yeah, I, I don't, and my brain is just sort of spinning now, you know, thinking of, <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's all of these possibilities. And at the very least, I, you know, everyone should at least try them. Let's, you mm-hmm, know, yeah. take, move, whatever, move your, I, you know, I played with the ride on the, on the left-hand side for a little while and, and, yeah. you know, switch the kit around and, and do all these different things. The thing that really amazes me though, like you said, like just because you're right-handed doesn't mean you're right-footed. So let's give yeah. those, give those a, a shot. So with the open hand, with the open-handed books that, that you have, um, is it just focusing on, on playing a right-handed kit open-handed? Uh, well, it, it, the 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 main intention is uh, to come up with ideas that uh, that you that focus on on that special advantage, which which comes into the game if you're not crossing hands. Okay. That's pretty much it. So so it's it's not about making a right-handed person suddenly a left-handed person. That that's not what I'm talking about. Sure. It's, uh, I I think playing the drums is pretty much uh, an an act of ambidexterity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and being able to to use your right and your left hand in a musical way in on an instrument for which you use four limbs that's that's the idea of, of the books it, it doesn't say that, that it makes a right-handed player a, 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 suddenly a left-handed player that that's not the idea behind it right and um, so so I think that's very important to to keep in mind when you mention that it reminds me sort of of the idea of the Chester book the uh, new breed how he has you know all it, of these different it, concepts. Yeah. Where- it doesn't matter how you play them, uh, you know, or you don't specifically have to play them as a right-handed or a left-handed. It's just ideas to sort of let you take and, and do on your own. Absolutely. And, and, and then you, yeah, yeah, true. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm extremely fascinated about daily habits and things that people do every day. And I know that you have the daily drum set workbook. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so talk to me about that a little bit. Is it, well, you can tell me about it, but I'm wondering if it's, you know, is it short little 20 minute workouts or is it an hour or, or how does that, how does it work? Well, the, uh, the, the different chapters in the book are pretty much made up of, uh, um, of 
topics that uh, that I consider to be important for like any serious drummer. So so the the, the beginning chapter is uh, is on uh, say um, independence in the in the broadest sense, but with very say realistic uh, approaches. It's not something uh, that is uh, the I don't know the. Virgil Donati kind of independence right, right away. It, right. It's it's something very down to earth, but at times still pretty demanding. Although it's basic, and uh, and I have a I have a strong zest for 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 things which are basic but not easy. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <isn't> <laughs> there's a lot of things which which usually are overlooked. Let's let's put it this way. So there's one chapter on on uh, independence. There's one chapter dealing on. Uh, uh, single strokes, one on accents, double strokes, inverted double strokes, bus strokes, flams, three note groupings, four note groupings, and syncopation concepts. Um, so these are the different uh, chapters. The the book is not divided into uh, say it, it does not go from from easy to uh, to difficult. Mm -hmm. It's 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 pretty much you make your choice what it is that that you want to work on. And, and then you, you pick what you want to have on your table and you stay with that for one week at least. And each of these portions are usually 30 minutes long. So you have a workout, which is yeah 30 minutes. And uh, it comes with a, um, with a CD, with, a, with MP3s, which are also 30 minutes long. So you have tracks in three or four different tempos in different styles of music and you play your exercises along with that music. When the music is when the music stops, you're done. You're practicing, right? Uh, cool. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. It it comes with with some basic practicing advice. So what is it that that uh, you should watch out for on this or that exercise? It comes with uh, uh, with suggestions on how you track your your weekly progress and all of that. So so when you go back to the exercise, you see, oh, I did that like half a year ago. So oh, let me see, I played it at this and that speed, but uh, I was kind of struggling with exercise D while exercise F was a little better and all of that. So you make your notes and, and you, can, can, you can compare your notes when you, uh, when you repeat the exercise like half a year later, mm -hmm. and that gives you something to chew on when you, when you notice, oh, something was happening because uh, I, I feel some improvement here. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so that that's the idea basically. So there's two of those I saw. So you have the op you have two of the open handing, but man, you have a lot of you got a lot of books up here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'll do is I'll link to all of the books and everything in the show notes so that people can check them out. So if they wanna if they wanna pick them up, because I mean there's like the collapse rudiment stuff. There's there's uh, the open hand stuff. There's a the daily drum set stuff. I mean there's camp. There's the camp duty books. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff here. So I'll link, I'll make sure yeah. that I, I link to all that. Um, additionally, cool. yeah. so here or, um, in the United States or abroad, do you, are, are you planning on coming here anytime soon? I know you teach a lot of clinics and, and you're always sort of on the go, uh, at, in, at different places. So what do you have planned in the future and upcoming? Yeah. I mean, for, for the, the, for the rest of the year, it will mostly be stuff in Europe happening here. Um, for early next year, we're going, uh, to India with flux to perform there, um, which I'm excited to do. And, uh, next year also more China again, there will be, uh, uh, a little, uh, Italy tour, uh, and some more Poland also. 
There are, um, as we speak, there are plans for Colombia and Argentina and Chile. And I'm also planning to be back in the U.S. in connection with that South America trip. So I'm hoping um, to to do at least uh, some things in uh, in the U.S. somewhere, say around May next year. Oh, cool! But uh, it's it's really not confirmed at at this point. But uh, uh, but uh, I think it looks good. Yeah. So so you have all the you'll have all the flux dates and everything um, on your web on your website. I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Because cool. I yeah. want to. Especially, maybe I want to try to come see you. I go to Italy frequently, so maybe I can. I'd like to go uh, check you guys out if I'm if we're there at the same time or something like that. So yeah, we'd love to see you. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Klaus, I want to thank you one uh, for for all of the great information for all of the you know the clinics and the books and and the teaching that you do around the world. It's making the drumming community a better place, and and we all appreciate it. And two, I want to thank you for staying up till one o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> talking to me about drums and answering my silly questions. So I do I do appreciate it. I appreciate you being part of the podcast as well. <laughs> Oh, it, it was my pleasure. And your questions were not cheap at all. <laughs> it was, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. You had great stuff. Klaus, yeah. likewise. And uh, I'd love to have you back anytime. And hopefully we can, we can connect, whether it be uh, here in the States or in Europe somewhere. That would be amazing. Absolutely. I'd love to. Okay. Awesome. Klaus, thank you again. I appreciate Excellent. it. Get some sleep, buddy. And enjoy your time off. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you. There you have it, the one and only Klaus Hessler. And obviously, for everything that we talk about, you can go to the show notes. You can find the links and everything if you want to connect with Klaus. You want to check out his books, which I highly recommend. All of that stuff is over at drummersresource.com forward slash session 322. Also, two things I'm going to ask. People email me. They say they love the podcast. They ask how they can help support it. If you leave a rating or a review, that is one way. Also, be sure to subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Cast. I really love the Cast app, C-A-S-T-S. I think it's like three bucks or something like that. But I I just prefer it more uh, than than the other than the other podcast apps. But if you want to get the free, you know, you want to go the free way, I don't blame you. Use iTunes, Stitcher. All of those are all free. And you subscribe. You'll get every new episode right to your phone. That way you don't miss anything. And like I said, we're pumping out a lot of content. We have a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So definitely be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or a review. And if you're feeling really generous, go to drummersresource.com forward slash support and you can donate every month a dollar, two dollars, five, ten, twenty, a hundred dollars a month, whatever you feel like doing. If you really love the podcast, I would really love for you to do that. Head over to drummersresource.com forward slash support if you want to help pay, uh, you know, pay the electric bill. Keep the lights on here at Drummers Resource. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. You know that. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.